1: says tonight the only two things that you two candy asses should concern yourself with is this is your role know it your mouth shut it and if you do that then the rock the great one tease you will smell what the rock is cooking if you smell what the rock is cooking the rock says What is going on,
2: everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Authority podcast. That is Cody Kutzer coming through your coming through the ear holes right now. Find me on Twitter at cKutzerFF. Joined as always by the TFAOG Kevin Steele. Find him on Twitter at FantasyRat13. Finally, through all the ranks, we're bringing back the guest tonight. We're talking. We're bringing out the bringing out the nuts, flopping them on the table, and we're bringing in robbie jeffries to help us do that we need a we need a third set of nuts on this table here just a big old nut party everybody getting the cashew bowl out everyone just picking 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 at the nuts find him on twitter find at nfl robbie you can find his work over at the dynasty happy hour we got sfb in the air we have trades being requested fellas how are we doing
0: what an intro. I, I, am, I am honored to be the third uh, pair of nuts on the podcast. That is something I've never uh, been introduced by, um, but it's quite the honor. Gentlemen, we are in quite the time. Uh, Scott Fishbowl, bold takes, nuts on the table. I mean, what more could you want in your fantasy lives? And yes, I said fantasy lives.
3: I don't know. I mean, with that one, geez, just nuts everywhere. Just, we're just dropping nuts and yeah. I mean, Cody's bringing it tonight. Bringing the fire. Fire Fire-roasted nuts tonight. (laughs) Roasted. So can we talk about first, can we just talk about this really quickly? (laughs) Not not to move the conversation along, but what in the actual fuck is a 28-year-old running back who has, what, eight games of really good production under his belt requesting a trade for? Like, you have no leverage, sir. You've been cut from five or six teams. Can we talk about this? Instead,
2: gotta,
3: gotta get paid, right? Yeah, but what leverage do you have? I mean, I mean, okay. So what are you gonna do? So trade trade you? Like, no, they're just gonna cut you. You're, you're not worth their time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's nuts to me. Like, it'd be different if he was like 25. You know, maybe he's an undrafted guy, kind of came out of nowhere. He's
0: 28. Yep, yep. And and this is Shanahan, right? Like, w- what's Shanahan gonna do with his next running back? Do the exact same thing. This is not a a moster equation. This is a Shanahan gets added to the equation
2: is there anywhere you guys can think of off the top of your head we didn't have this on the show sheet or anything but is there anywhere you can think of if he did get traded that you would be i think he's being overdrafted as is but is there anywhere that he would go where you might be like "Oh, okay if he falls like another like two rounds i still might be as interested or is it basically the shanahan system and if he goes outside of it you're just completely throwing him to the wayside
0: yeah, man, I I don't think there's many spots, right? We've filled up with this uh, draft class, and and the, the guys that are still hanging around, the Carlos Hides that are still hanging around. Um, I don't I don't think there's going to be any place that he could go where I'm like, you know what, this is a better situation than running with Kyle Shanahan as his one A, at worst one B, and, and that type of offense. So no, I I think it's it's only downhill from here.
3: One hundred percent, like the he. <laughs> I thought people were were, were, were to be quite frank, fucking ridiculous for taking him anyways in the fourth round. I mean, what are you doing? To, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I never understood that anyways, the people that were taking that. high, I couldn't forget. I kept thinking, like, the ADP was broken or something like that, or it was a glitch in the Recence, system.
2: Recency bias at its finest.
3: Yeah, because, like, he was certainly not not worth that, right? And, like, that's why I've been saying this the entire time. Tevin Coleman was the, the, the player to take here in the ninth round. And no, there's not a team he could go to that I would even be remotely excited about him going to because, I mean, it's we're almost August now, right? Everything's pretty much, you know, we pretty much have an idea. There's no, like, great landing spot that he could somehow end up in. He would end up in some another committee somewhere where there would be zero excitement behind him. So, no. I don't know. I just thought it was ridiculous. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I read it today. I'm like, what? This man is asking for a trade? Like, I, hey, my hat's off to him, though. Mad respect to have the... Speaking of nuts on the table, to have that kind of nuts to sit there and request something like that from somebody who's, who's never done anything in the league.
2: We have the Emmy award winner rocking with us in the, uh, in the chat right now, rocking live Carl jr. Uh, our man burger from kamikaze fame. He is
0: also not on team mustard. That's a sweep. Then if if Berg three time Emmy winner is not on team mustard, I think that's a sweep onto the next thing. That, uh, that seals the deal. Does it not? Well,
2: let's uh let's let's just jump right into this. Let's uh let's loosen up those belts, drop the pants and just flop them on down. Let's uh let's talk some bold takes for the uh, for the twenty twenty season. Robbie, you are the guest. We are gonna give you the floor first. Hit us with uh hit us with one of your takes and uh
0: and back it up if you would. Now, before I get into this deliciousness, I must say that I, I, this is a warning, and this is more of a a, a thought of concern for you guys. There has been quite a bit of nuts-on-the-table talk in the past few episodes, and I think if you guys get to a point where you're just flopping these suckers out left and right, I mean, we're going to get to a point where this is just – I mean, imagine you walk into a room, and it's just every five minutes. I mean, you just – it loses its appeal, man. We have to be very particular on these. So this is going to be that episode where we're just not – we've thought these out. We're going to be particular. So, so this is a little fair warning here. Uh, they're going to be a little spicy. So, first uh, one is our guy Bobby Woods, mm-hmm. Bobby Trees as some people refer to him, mm-hmm. Bobby Forrest as he might be known after this year, will be a top six wide receiver in PPR scoring. Now, um, there's 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 been a lot of you know quiet momentum build with with Bobby Woods. Like before, he's always going late. You never hear. Uh, Bobby Wood's come up before, you know, sixth, seventh round. He's always kind of a back-end guy, Jarvis Landry type of guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the last two years, after getting 130 targets in the Rams offense, he's, he's people are starting to realize, oh, this guy can ball a little bit. And I don't know, after just getting two touchdowns last year, the only thing he really needs to change is, is upping those touchdowns uh, and do, doing the math. If he just gets six touchdowns from last year, he jumps from wide receiver 14 to wide receiver 8. I mean, just, just getting four more touchdowns. So, I mean, that's how close he is to to being here. So maybe it's not as spicy as, as I'm making it sound, but um, Cooks is gone. Um, he's gotten 130 targets the past two years. Only had 15 games last year. Um, so, you know, if he gets the 16 in, you know, I I see that 130 targets uh, continuing. So, um, yeah, that's uh, nuts on the table number one, top six wide receiver, for
3: bobby woods i like that i like that, that that's uh that, that's uh some spice to that one and you're right i think we throw the nuts on the table out too much right like we don't want to lose this luster right because then it just becomes like oh you're just you, we, we're just floozies right we're just throwing them around everywhere like, like just floozies <laughs> without, without carrots in the world right so you know we should be uh, diligent in how and how the nuts on the table takes come so you're right, right. i, I right. agree with that you reeled yep. us back in on that one
2: Although although I will say wh- whenever I'm throwing them out this you can look but you can't touch so I, I'm not I'm not a floozy. you, you can you can admire them you, listen, can, you listen can glance the at them you can glance at them from afar
0: hear the thud in the distance well,
3: Yeah. I just don't want this podcast to be for the streets you know we don't, we're, we're not we're not about that life so <laughs> my
0: mom didn't raise me for the streets man
3: <laughs> Kevin, what, what you got so i thought long and hard about this because you know i didn't want to go back to the will of some of the stuff that we've talked about so i, yes. I i'm bringing i'm bringing fresh nuts on the table if you will uh I'm going Darius Geis as a top 10 running back this year, right? I don't think that's that, that's that spicy, but I, for some people, he is. I mean, he's, he's only, a, what, a sixth-round pick, I believe, uh, right? going right now, which I think is ridiculous that people have forgotten how good Darius Geist actually is. And he has not been given the opportunity to spread his wings, but I think he's going to rise from the ashes like a phoenix this, this year. And he's certainly the best running back they have there. Yes, they brought in Antonio Gibson, but I feel like that he is somebody that is going to utilize much more as a uh, a gadget-type player, at least year one, where they're going to kind of use him all over the place, where I think Darius guys can um, come in. And, you know, last year he only – in his five games he played, he only received 36.9% of the opportunities. Only averaged 8.4 carries per game to basically 10, 10 touches per game with two targets per game that he got. I think that raises significantly. I think this is what the first offseason since his rookie year that he comes in healthy because he's not hurt. Uh, he did get hurt at the end of last year with that MCL, but MCL you get over that pretty quickly. So I like Darius
0: Guys a lot, and if he's still going in the sixth round, I think that is an absolute steal. Yeah, I mean, talk about that, and then just, just look at AP. If they start to fade, fade him out if i mean there hasn't been too many talks of, of retirement but you know I, I don't see him him being that bell cow that that they had last year when Guys went out um gibson's going to have some of that receiving work but uh yeah dude geist if it's the big if right if, if he stays healthy the 5.8 yards per carry last year i know the sample size is a little small but he's always produced well the offensive line has, has been underrated i know trent williams has left town but um yeah that's that's definitely a, a spicy but believable.
2: Yeah, and he's been able to stay healthy. He uh, he's definitely shown flashes. The the AP thing. I'm super interested in how they're going to use Antonio Gibson. For for me personally, um, think he can be a a, a gadget plus. You know, what I mean, I, I can see him having standalone value from the receiving game. And then if Geist goes down, I'd, I'd be interested to see how many carries he gets. But I digress. I'm going to go with uh, with another running back who I also believe is going to have an RB one season, and that is going to be the return of David Johnson. Uh, I think he's currently he's he's at least being ranked. I believe at like RB 22. I think his ADP is somewhere in the somewhere in that same area. Uh, Kev, you had the you had the tweet about him not too long ago that you know kind of made everyone seem split. But here here's the case for David Johnson. One, the most important thing, uh, Carlos Hyde, the the jag of all jags, had a thousand yards last year with the Houston Texans behind an offensive line that I think um, Football Outsiders had them twenty first and adjusted line yards. So it's not like they had this great offensive line that was just opening up massive holes for Hyde. Uh, so that, like that, that first and foremost, I think even if David Johnson isn't. You know the DJ of yes or year. If Carlos Hyde can put up a thousand yards in this offense, I think David Johnson can do that too. Uh, and half PPR, I think Hyde was RB twenty three in full PPR, he was RB twenty six, and that was because he had no passing game usage. Uh, Duke Johnson, I think, was top nine in routes run last year. Had a, I think he was like third on the Texans and targets as well. So if David Johnson can get 70% of Duke's receiving role and per- on honestly I think that there is a an outside chance that they might end up having to move Duke into like a, a slot role just as a strict receiver anyway with uh the walking rehab unit as as uh Kev has dubbed them the uh that receiving group in in uh in Houston. So if David Johnson can be involved in the in a passing game he, like he doesn't he doesn't have to get the 80 catches he had what was that his like his, his second year, I believe with with Arizona. He doesn't have to get anything close to there. He basically to be an RB1, you need around like 30 catches. I, David Johnson can absolutely do that. Uh, he's more dynamic than Hyde is. We saw what Hyde did last year. They're going to be playing from behind. There's going to be plenty of targets to go around. And if any of those receivers go down, that's just going to open up more opportunity for David Johnson. So I think we we see him slide into that back end of the of the RB one conversation, and uh, he will be an RB one at year's end.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting because you mentioned moving uh, Duke into the slot. Uh, they do have a need for slot ride receivers, don't they? <laughs> they only have uh, Will Fuller stills cooks you know isn't isn't that like the toughest team to project on what's going to happen there like you could tell me any one of these guys is going to be um a the leading wide receiver or, or anybody's going to get more than 65 70 targets and i could say yeah you're, you're probably right like i couldn't tell you if it's going to be stills uh duke johnson david johnson like who who's going to be the number one and let's just take the number two or number three
3: i think it's 100 percent will fuller like i think will fuller has top 10 upside like i think it's a little bit ridiculous where he's being he's going as well i know he hasn't been he's another guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy so that's that's certainly something to take into consideration whenever you're looking at him but i mean the, the, when he did
2: you lose kev too
3: yep what
2: okay you you must you like cut out for a second then all of a sudden it went to a
3: mute the take was probably it, it too hot, and so like I, I singed <laughs> the microphone. I had to cool it down a little bit, and but uh,
0: yeah, we lost you right after you were about to tell us why Will Fuller is going to stay healthy this year.
3: Well, he he just is. I mean, just, I mean, there's. I'm that's not a probably,
2: doctor.
0: That's probably what did it. That's probably what did it. The microphone. <laughs> we, we can't have
3: this. Let's,
0: Shut this down. Let's Shut let's it down. Darius Geist is going to stay healthy and Will Fuller? You want? You ask it too much, asked. It too is 2020. Remember that. It is 2020 where everything
3: true. can happen okay this is true so and yeah, eric it, ebron is finally going to break out completely ooh, break I, out.
2: I i almost put him down as one but uh I, I went with a different tight end but anyway uh before we get off the rails robbie give us uh give us your number two nuts on the table bold call for 2020
0: yeah man uh sticking with the the running back game and maybe the um veteran running back game now people think this individual is older than he was but we did on dynasty app we did a little uh name a uh, mystery name and found out that todd Gurley is 25 years old and he's never played less than 13 games in a season and, and if you would post that on on twitter everyone would be like what that, that can't be right no 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 he's he's older than 25 and he's definitely played less than 13 games a year and so yeah that was something uh that, that i when looking up the script uh kind of found out and so we kind of just dug into Todd Gurley a little bit more and uh, not sure if I mentioned this but dove into projections this year don't don't know why I decided this was the year to dive into doing projections pounding my head against the table um, but yeah working my way through that and Todd Gurley man it again let's let's keep on hitting that button if he stays healthy um, which he has he, even even though he has the the knee issues he's continually played at least 13 games um, I have him as a top six running back in PPR for 2020. Um, right now he's going as like running back 15 in most redraft leagues that I've seen. Um, I think he's easily going to outperform that um, and then some. So a couple of reasons why. I mean, he's going from uh, L.A. Rams offensive line, which was dreadful. If you look at their yards per carry, I don't know if anyone got four yards per carry. It was just dreadful. Um, he goes to an offensive line that has a first rounder. At every single spot from left tackle to right tackle uh, Jake Matthews is, is uh, obviously kind of the, their anchor on that left tackle but Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College last year was a really promising right guard um, you know kind of just rose up the draft boards as as we got close to the draft and ended up going uh, I can't remember exactly where, maybe in the 20s or something like that uh, and then he was lost like second game of the year so never really never really got uh, that camaraderie uh, that first year but I think with these five five guys, they're just going to have a, a beastly line. So, line improves, and I think the competition for touches is really non-existent. Um, Ito Smith, Quadri Allison, Brian Hill—like, sure, we got some names there. You've heard of them. They did a little bit of work with Devontae Freeman last year, but none of those guys um, are, are taking away touches, right? They might spell him or um, whatnot, but th- it's not a guy that's you have to account is going to get you know. Uh, 100 touches or or 80 80 carries or something like that. Um so that's kind of point number 2 and then this team is going to have plenty of of scoring opportunity. I mean, they are passing uh 600 times last season. And I think it was just under 600 the season before. I have to relook at that, but um so they're moving the the football and and at the same time they're they're still running quite a bit. So I got I Gurley got getting 220 carries and about 50 receptions in, in the projections. And then he's all the way up there at running back six. And I, I got a couple more teams to go. So he might drop below that. But I think he has that upside to uh, just crush it next year.
2: He's definitely been, been left for dead. But from weeks one to 16, I think in, in half PPR scoring anyway, he was RB12. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not obviously, it's not what you drafted. Whenever you draft Todd Gurley, you're not thinking right. of him as giving you just RB12 return. But like, like I think everyone everyone's basically leaving him for dead. And I like you said like the the offensive line with of like he should I think just if if you put McVeigh in that offense, you know, what I mean? like it sounds like from what that offense was a couple of years ago, the Rams that is um to say that, you know, this is a much better offense with Atlanta. I don't, I don't know if it's a much better offense, but with, with that passing game, I think it's definitely going to open things up for, for Gurley in Atlanta. And also Devonta Freeman might've had the, the most quiet 70 target 59 catch season from a, yeah. a running back last year. So, and that's, that's kind of where Gurley's production really dropped off last year was for whatever reason, McVay, who would, I think targeted RB's, with like eighteen to twenty percent target share the past couple of years, they just did not get that with uh, with the Rams. So I I I like that call. I think it's I think it's hot, but I think it you know it's like a, it's a, it's a mild nut. It's it's not a it's not a habanero, you know, you're not, <laughs> not scorching over here. You put on some gold bond. <laughs> you fix that a little bit. Just sl- slap it up in that that underbelly
0: there a question for you guys, if I can. Uh, We just talked about David Johnson and Gurley. And I know you guys just went through the rankings, so I apologize for not knowing this. But where do you guys have those two? Uh, Do you guys like one more than the other? Are they kind of neck and neck? Uh, Where do you guys like those two? That is a... I caught him off guard. Pull, pull them up. No, I actually,
3: I mean, I to be honest, I I always have my rankings up because I'm I just always have just like staring at them because you know they're mine and I created yeah. them and I know like man these are gonna be so great this year. Um, I have Todd Gurley at 15. Cody has Todd Gurley at 20. David Johnson, I have Not at 17. Really. He has at 15. Mm. Okay. So yes, I am higher on Todd Gurley than what uh, Cody is.
2: Five spots. Calm down. Give us, give us your next take.
3: Oh, okay, the next one is while we're on the, uh, the discussion of nuts, let's just go ahead and talk about Mr. Gardner Minshew, right? Mr. Dirk Diggler lookalike himself, Mr. Porn Star '80s porn star over here. Anyways, uh, yeah, I th- I think he can easily finish as a QB one this year, right? Uh, you look at him last year, and he yeah, obviously he came out of nowhere. Not even many people were expecting much from him. Obviously, Nick Foles, they they bring Nick Foles in. He lasts all of uh, a half against the Chiefs. And then they, um, he comes in and plays 14 games of the rest of the season. And, I mean, for a guy who was, what, a six-round pick? Yeah, six-round pick out of Washington State. I mean, with no expectations whatsoever. He was fifth in the league last year in rushing yards. I feel like that um, there's still some room to grow here. 3,500 passing yards. Um last season, and I think there's still a lot of room, or excuse me, 3,200 passing yards, those 3,500 pass distance. I feel like there's a lot of room to grow here with this team. I feel like this defense is absolutely atrocious, and I I think that that is going to lead to a lot of game script of being able to throw the ball. I like the addition of Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator to kind of take this offense another step, and I I like the stack of being able to get him and probably being able to go after and get like a DJ Chark later in the draft. So, yeah, uh I, I just I just think Gardner Mitchell, I think there's a lot to like here. I don't think he's a great actual quarterback, but I think this is kind of like one of those Blake Bortles type situation where his situation I think is better for him. And as like I said, that rushing upside, he has somewhat of that little bit of that Konami code that we look for in, in quarterbacks and as late as he's going right now, I think it's gonna be hard for him to, to really um I, I I think the upside's certainly there for him to have a top twelve season.
2: Robbie, where do you have uh where do you have Minshew and your, your projections? Are you like Kev? Do you just have that up all the time and you stare at them because you think they're beautiful and they're going to be the best projections ever?
0: They are beautiful and they, at the same time, are tough to look at because you are beautiful. Single it's exactly. true. Exactly, <laughs> James Blunt, Let's go. Uh, I have not gotten to the AFC South. I got like eleven teams still to go. AFC South, kind of on the lower end of the totem pole, so we'll get to them uh, in due process. But, I mean, you know, Gardner just has the, he has such a huge range of where he can go, right? Like, he has weapons. Um, his defense sucks. Like, you can see him slinging it, you know, 570 times, 580 times, and then just by volume and, and depth of target with, uh, with Chark in the group. You know, he can get up there. It's going to come down to his interceptions and his touchdowns for sure. That kind of sets him um, – gets him to that level that Kev's got him at. But, um, yeah, he, he can definitely be bottom of the barrel or he could be, you know, top. So that that's one that just – you want a late guy, like Kev's saying, you want a late guy that has all that boom, uh, that's definitely got to aim for. <clears throat>
3: Well, I mean, some of the other things you look at him, too. I mean, he was fifth in deep ball completion percentage last year. He was sixth in play action completion percentage. Like I said, and then he was fifth in rushing yards per game with 24.6. Um, so, I mean, those are kind of all the markers you're kind of looking for as somebody that can um, really support. Uh, you know, and he, I mean, he's absolutely free, almost free right now in draft. So, he's one of those guys that I would take a chance at if it doesn't work out. But like I said, I think all the opportunity is going to be there for him to really uh, – you know, take another step this year. But again, I don't think he's a great... He's somebody that I think that will probably get replaced after this year, but much like Blake Bortles can still provide you with that QB1
0: upside. Absolutely. Blake Bortles has shown you do not need to be a good actual quarterback uh, to be a good fantasy quarterback.
3: Well, I think people forget that sometimes. People get those two things confused Like when you're talking about fantasy. It's like, I don't give a shit how good you are, how many games you win. I don't really care. All I care about is how many fantasy points you're putting up
0: wasn't it tom brady was it two years ago two seasons ago like just was absolute trash but people are drafting him as a quarterback one and he was just had a quarterback 20 finish just because well he didn't have much for weapons I, was, I think it was the year edelman got hurt but i mean people were drafting him all over the place it's like no he's definitely really good just not for fantasy
2: Yep, absolutely. I have a, uh, I have a jaguar for our double digit darling segment coming up. A little little foreshadowing to to throw that out there. Uh, my next one, uh, kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. I almost went with Eric Ebron with like a a ten touchdown season with the Steelers, but I ended up reverting back to to the old ways, going back to the back to the brand for TFA. And that is Chris Herndon is going to return a tight end one season for us in 2020. Um, If we go all the way back, let's go all the way back to 2018. You know, it seems, seems so far away. Um, Whenever Herndon was involved in that offense, whenever his usage and his production really picked up from week six to 16, he was tight end six during that span. Um, Fast forward to 2019, he obviously had the suspension. Then he had, what was it, the the hamstring injury, I believe. And then he finally got back on the field, proceeded to get injured. I think he played less than like 20 snaps or something. He had, he had two targets and one catch on the year. Um, in the games that Ryan fucking Griffin was active, he was almost a tight end one last year. From weeks two to 14, like I said, whenever Griffin was active, uh, he was tight end 14 on the year. There there are a lot of question marks with that receiving group, just with all the additions. Now we're if you add in all of the the COVID craziness and who knows what all that's gonna look like. Uh, I I definitely like Mims for dynasty purposes. He was one of my favorite rookies. We talked about him a bunch. But if you if you look at who Darnold, you know, the the quote unquote chemistry, the rapport kind of thing, who is it? It's Jamison Crowder, who's gonna be a a five year uh, you know a, a five yard a dot kind of guy and Chris Herndon like that. that's really it and unless you believe for some reason that all of a sudden Adam Gase is going to look at Le'Veon Bell and treat him like Steelers Le'Veon Bell spoiler alert he's not it's that's that's who it's going to be so th- this year uh, Chris Herndon finally works his way back into the the TFA fantasy heart and he gives us a tight end one season
0: absolutely possible. I mean, just think about what it takes to be that tight end 8 to 12. is it 7 to 12. It is
3: a low bar. Like 500 bar. yards and like four touchdowns. Yeah.
0: It, it it is a low bar, but
2: if you look at if you look at his um, ADP, I think he's like tight end like 22 24 right now, like in terms of redraft, you don't even have to draft him. He can no, be a guy no. you just pick up off the waiver wire. So like it, in terms of where he's going, Maybe this isn't the, the you know the the nuttiest of nuts on the table. You know, maybe maybe just a little uh you know what's a what, what's a what's a small nut? It's just just a little 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 peanut. A macadamia,
3: maybe? Ooh, is it macadamia nut yeah. small? Yes.
2: Macadamia nut cookies are fucking delicious though. We we do have to say that before we disparage the, the small macadamia nut. It it is a delicious nut. Anyway. maybe not the maybe not the boldest of all calls because of the low bar but in terms of where he's going and and redraft leagues right now um jumping all the way up to a tight end one season that would return a lot of value for your uh for your fantasy team so Robbie we uh we have three listed out here for our bold calls give us your last one
0: okay so this one uh comes with a little caveat because it's one that I hope actually doesn't happen because Like most other people, I am pumped up for these 2020 rookie running backs. Um, We have, you know, five or six of them that um, are just going to light the world on fire, and I hope they do. But with all that said, I think Kareem Hunt, backup running back for the Cleveland Browns, will outscore all rookie running backs in PPR scoring this year. So kind of just to delve into it, um, Kareem Hunt's big thing is his pass catching right now. Uh, obviously, he's talented as a runner, but with Nick Chubb in that offense, that's not his primary way of getting fantasy points, is his pass catching. Uh, last year, he snagged 35 or 37 receptions on 44 targets, um, which was good for 84% of, of his targets were completed. So um, his, for his career, that's 82%. So this guy is having an amazing completion rate, uh, which is just something you really don't see from anywhere else. And you take that with along with now they have Kevin Stefanski coming in uh, as head coach. Uh, Alexander Madison got a hundred uh, carries last year with Kevin Stefanski um, and he was only doing 13 games. I know um, Cook had a little bit of injury there, but Madison had his own. So he only played in 13 games and got hundred carries. So uh, I definitely think Hunt gets at least a hundred carries to go along um, with those targets. He was getting roughly, I think it was like four targets per game last year. Um, so, I mean, I just think he can get up to 50 targets, 60 targets, convert most of those into receptions. Um, and he's just going to be, you know, better than a lot of these rookies who are going to, honestly, they, they will take over eventually, but a lot of these rookies are going to split early down work, uh, early in the year. Um, so I think it will take a little bit for them to get going. And I just think with that offensive line, they got Jedrick Wills in the first round at left tackle, Jack Conklin at right tackle. They've really bolstered that line and, and Kareem Hunt is, is poised to be a great value in drafts
2: maybe we need a little a little single bet here jobby i will, i'm going to say that cam Akers outscores
0: hunt you are going to take my nuts on the table take and do a bet against oh, you be, my you be careful how you're pausing
2: that sentence
0: you're going to take my far extreme nuts on the table take and just take a, the little bit eh, just outscores him i mean yeah it's probable if you if you look at any anybody they're probably going to say Cam Akers is going to outscore him. And you know what? Even though it is my nuts on the table take, I will add me to, add me to this little... Uh, have you even told the, the people about this singlet bet? We have because not. We, we I, think, have. I think you need alert. Uh, no, Rich because
3: Cody is. has not nutted up, if you will, has not sacked up, if you will, to take the bet. So he's he's only... I am the only one that has officially taken the bet, but he has not. Just take
2: my silence as an acceptance.
3: So what we we came up with was whoever had the most of these or whoever the loser was, if you will, whoever had the most wrong uh, nuts on the table takes was going to have to uh, put together a eighty dance video in a singlet dancing while wearing a uh, you know a, a singlet. So that's the bet.
2: Shades uh, shades of Stompy on that one, but we have a uh, we, we have a special guest in the in the chat right now, man. We have Sal from the the SFB Potathon. And we're actually in the uh, we're in the same draft. He had the he had the one oh one and he popped in basically just to say that he's gonna he's gonna crush me.
0: Yeah, what up, Sal? Uh one oh one. Let's see, did he uh, did he go Rashad Penny? Did he go uh, uh, did he go CMC?
3: I believe
2: he did. I believe he did.
3: Yeah Oh yeah. what a fish. He should have <laughs> What a fish. Should have you know, he should have dropped his nuts on the table with Saquon. Let us be honest. Let us be honest there, okay?
0: Ooh. Really really throwing it out there. So yes, he went, uh, he went CMC and then you know, you know what's really interesting about this year's uh with all the wide receivers just dropping, I feel like a lot of the one oh ones just raked, right? Like they just took a, a stud running back at their one oh one and then I saw Ben Gretch of CBS. He he cleaned up with Wilson and and Murray or Wilson and Watson, something like that. Um, I'm sure Sal, you know, nabbed uh, Julio and God knows who else. Like this one-on-one actually was a really good spot this year just because I, I think there was just a ton of talent. You guys talked about it in your um, – was it zero wide receiver, how you could wait five rounds in regular redraft and the same we saw in Scott Fishbowl. You could wait five rounds and end up with DJ Moore. You know, you can wait five rounds and, and, and end up with Mike Evans. So –
3: Five rounds. Uh, we are in the seventh round in my league, and I have yet to take a wide receiver. I am through seven picks, and I have not taken one yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no wide probably, receiver.
0: You probably still have, like, Cooper Cup out there or somebody. Or Juju's definitely still there.
3: No, no, they're all gone. Like It's it's getting rough now because, like, Tyler, I was like, you know what, Tyler Boyd. I, mean, I was like, you know what, I bet Tyler Boyd or T.Y. Hilton's going to be there. You just wait. Because well I, I, I had a dilemma because Darius Guys to last pick okay was uh Darius Guys was on the board and I'm like what does Darius Guys still do on the board in the seventh round like no like I, I gotta go with him so I I went ahead and took uh Darius Guys over a wide receiver so I've continued to kick that can I have so my team right now is Zeke uh, Austin Eckler Cam Akers and darius guys and then i have my quarterbacks are carson wentz and daniel jones and then my tight end i got was mark andrews i mean
0: that's solid
2: yeah. i still have no tight end and in the sixth round i i couldn't couldn't wait on receiver anymore so i finally pulled the trigger and went with uh calvin ridley who
3: are you who are you going with your next pick who are you taking with your next pick
0: yeah
2: i don't, I don't, I don't even think we made it i don't think we made it out of the sixth round yet it's been a uh it's been a relatively slow draft, and I'm not complete. Like I don't care. Like people have shit. To- like I-, I don't mind it. I I see. Uh, <laughs> I see uh, people in like tenth, eleventh, twelfth round at this point. I'm just like fourteenth here. Yeah, we're we're still chilling in the, in the in the sixth, which is completely fine by me. Like Kev, we talked about it off air. I think on Monday. Like, what else do you have going on? Just chill out.
3: Absolutely nothing. Oh. Chill
0: out, Karen. It's going to be okay, you know? So, yeah, kind of, we, we interrupted nuts on the table for some Scott Fishbowl talk and just wanted to get it in here real quick while we're on it. You guys just came out with the zero RB, which kind of turned into bolster, or what, what was your, Kev, what was the word for one, one running robust back? Robust wide receiver. Robust, robust uh, running back uh, to get one and then you kind of uh, fade running back for that. Yeah, uh, this draft for Tom Corson and I are, are co-managing uh, for Scott Fishbowl. Um, and it's actually really fun. Just a little little plug here. I definitely recommend doing co-managing uh, for this. It's, it's definitely a cool experience. But we just kept on finding that these guys kept on going right before us. And and I know everyone says, you know, I got sniped, I got sniped. It's, it's literally happened. We, we agree on a guy we've been boxing back and forth. We're like, okay, this is our guy boom right before us he gets snagged so it happened with mixon happened with josh jacobs and so we've continually just had these guys snagged and so we didn't go running back until the sixth round and so we definitely this is for the first time in my life have done zero running back which kind of feels like going vegan i i just i've never i've never done it but i just feel like I just feel it like drops. it's different it's just a little little off and that's how mm-hmm. I feel with
3: that's how I feel with my team right now because I am I am always team wide receiver but in the Scott Fishbowl it's made it to where it's almost like there's no point in taking a, a wide receiver because they they've neutered him to the, to such a point where you don't really have to take a wide receiver so I'm not really worried about getting wide receiver so every time there's been a running back there that I want I just go with the running back and I knew I want to get a tight end because if it's uh, the tight end premium aspects and I knew it was a super flex I got my my quarterback so like I'm not even really that worried about it even though I'm going into the 8th round and still do not have a wide receiver so, but no, I I agree. Like it's uh, definitely different because I am much more on the opposite. I usually stack, and I I've I've noticed that I feel like I've seen a lot of teams, especially from like a lot of analysts, going like. uh uh, some sort of form of zero rb where there's they're going wide receiver heavy and i'm like am i missing something here because like there's no reason like i'm not seeing any point of of going that strategy because of the fact that this they just don't have the same side of upside that the running backs or you know or or even the tight ends do some of the tight ends do
0: yeah it's a it was a foreign concept to me and then we looked down and we're like well, shit, I guess we're doing zero RB. Better start Googling what the hell you're supposed to do when you go zero RB. And so I'm like, oh, great, don't worry, TFA pod has a little uh, zero RB. Oh, wait, they don't. they go going robust running back. They literally, um, we're talking about zero RB here. Uh, actually, you should just go robust running back. Little, little so thanks asterisk. For, thanks for nothing.
2: <laughs> little asterisk. Get one good one, <laughs> and then you, can, then you can skip it.
3: All right, I think I'm yeah. up next for the right. Yeah, so.
2: speaking of speaking of running back, Kev, your uh, your third take, hit us with it.
3: Well, we can't have a pod without admission of Keyshawn John or Keyshawn Vaughn, right? So here I am. I, I I saved my third one. I didn't fill it out just to give you guys suspense, and, and now I, I finally put it in right before. And Keyshawn Vaughn, RB one. I am so tired of hearing people try to talk about Ronald Jones like he's supposed to be something. Like in, like it now, like. But the great part of the whole thing is that Ronald Jones just keeps moving up those the, those ADP, just keeps moving up, and Keyshawn Vaughn keeps moving on down. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. About a month and a half ago, two months ago, people were getting all mad about, because it was the opposite. Keyshawn Vaughn was going too high and Ronald Jones. And I was like, well, just give it time. Cause you know, all you truthers out here are going to hype him up and he's going to continue to rise. No, no way. No way. Ronald Jones. Nope. Now, now, here we are and Ronald Jones or Ronald Jones is going significantly higher than what Keyshawn Vaughn is and the FFC or FFPC. I'm not here to tell you Ronald Jones, uh, He's terrible. Okay, he's not good. He didn't all of a sudden become a good running back, right? If you can't beat out Peyton Barber, you're not all of a sudden just gonna wake up and start being a good uh, being a good running back. which all of a sudden people are, and, and they, you know, so narrative, whatever. But Keyshawn Vaughn is the truth. He's he is the real deal. I think he is a solid running back. I think he has the chance to be a top definitely be, I, I think there's a possibility that he could be the, the highest scoring running rookie running back this year as well. I, I still think that that probably title goes to probably Jonathan Taylor, but I do think Keyshawn Vaughn has top 12 upside in him. I think he is definitely the pass catching back. That is not something that Ronald Jones does, and I think it wouldn't take much for him to take over that entire backfield and be the three down back. So I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. I think Ronald Jones is a bum. I've said it since the beginning. I was shocked when people started coming out and like advocating for Ronald Jones, but I guess it was all the people that were truthers of Ronald Jones when he came out, and they never want to let it go. And so they really should be like Elsa and just let it go. Let it go.
0: Right? I've been personally victimized by Kevin Steele.
3: You are welcome.
2: Robbie, yeah, I will give you the <laughs> I will give you the floor here if you would like to if you would like to retort.
0: The floor is is still mighty hot. Uh, I'm gonna sit for for this rebuttal here. Um, I think I think that would actually be a, a really good bet. I don't know what we would put up for stake, but I think a Rojo versus Keyshawn Vaughn is a very even bet. If you look at both their ADPs um, and just some projections that you you hit here and there, but I think that'd be a really good bet. And that'd be one I'm I'm down to take, but. Yeah, man people people be sleeping on Rojo I mean he had 1100 yards last year and they act like he did nothing like they they treat him like he was his first year 19 year old self in the NFL like welcome to the NFL man you're 19 and we just moved you halfway across the country good luck did you know if you if you're not good by the time you turn 20 in the NFL you'll never be good and tell your next year when you get 1100 uh, all-purpose yards. So um, no, he was actually good last year. Um, was he though? Of, was he though? Yeah. Was I he 4.2 4. yards per carry behind that trash offensive line had multiple long runs held uh, called back by holding. Uh, yeah, man, he, he actually really produced and then people say he can't catch. I mean, I don't have it up right in front of me, but I think he had like 30 or 40 targets for 25, 30 receptions. Someone maybe needs to double check on that. Cause I do not want to spit lies on this podcast. Um, but yeah, he actually like catches the ball just fine, uh, when given the opportunity. So I would say the biggest thing he needs to work on is his pass pro. That is something he definitely struggled with last year, um, which limited him on the field. And that's where they trusted, uh, Peyton Barber more. Peyton Barber is literally just that jag run of the mill guy. You want to ask him to not fumble, get three and a half yards and pass block. He was your guy. And that's why it's crazy. You're like, why did the Redskins sign this guy? It's like, he's literally just that guy. You want to not lose the football get three and a half yards, pass block, that's your guy. So I know Peyton Barber's a jag. I'm not here to, to say Rojo. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the
3: ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
1: Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
0: Couldn't beat him out, you know. He obviously, you know, split time with him, but Rojo had had plenty of touches, had eleven hundred yards. He had a, a, a good second year, and now he's going to be 22, 21, 22, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on Rojo. His career is not over by any means. He will outscore Vaughn this upcoming year.
3: Everything was going so great, and then all of a sudden, I find out you're Ronald Jones, Truther.
0: And you I know, thought you had to have known this with your your Spitfire tech. I thought Cody had like mentioned something like, "Hey, he did not. He did not Vaughn, tell me. I was not prepared Bobby for this. I thought I was
3: among Keyshawn Vaughn believers. And I do like Vaughn, do not get me as saying I do not. Okay, like Keyshawn Vaughn. so here, so here, okay. One, his true yards per carry, which is what you should be using, because just the yards per carry encompasses everything so he has some you know some freak breakaway runs once you remove those he actually had a 3.9 true yard per carry which was 36 not great bob and like i said i'm sorry if you can't beat out peyton barber to be the starting (laughs) running back in year two because he didn't get an opportunity in year one because he was so horrific and he didn't get an opportunity. Then he comes in last year. I Granted, he was not as bad last year right? The, 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 as he was, obviously, the year before, which would have been really tough to be that bad because he got literally no very little opportunities. And what he did get was awful. But, like I said, like I don't think he's that good. I think he still has a role in this offense. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying I think he's going to not play at all. But I, I do think that Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely a better running back than Ronald Jones is. And... I think that he is going to, by the end of the season, take over that backfield, and he is somebody that I think that gets in that sixty percent opportunity range.
0: Yeah, man, uh definitely can see that. I, and like I said, I I like Vaughn. I had had him above Acres, which Tyler and I went back and forth on. and I'm sure Cody, as as the Acres stand, probably here uh, thinks I'm nuts for. And actually, I think we've talked about this, but no, I think I think Vaughn is great. um I think both of them can be good in this offense. This is an offense that I think will, will move the football and have a lot of plays. So I'm not rooting against Vaughn by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, second half of the year, Ronald Jones was a running back, too. Probably the first to tell you that. But he was an RB2 from weeks nine to 17, man. He was
2: an RB2 as in a poop joke because he was shit. He was an, R- <laughs> he was an RB poop, is uh, what I would I, say.
0: Sounds like I lost the debate there. We just had the judge weigh in.
2: That was awesome. That was just because it like I could definitely tell by the way that Kev was delivering that, that he did not know that you were a Rojo Truth. Or so I was just sitting here, just like watching these two cars just getting ready to come in and collide. That was uh, that
0: was that was perfect. Yeah, I think we need to put that one down on your guys's board. Obviously, this is a, a Kev versus Cody um, little board, but maybe a little a little side scribble, a little asterisk. uh and Robbie, Rojo versus Keyshawn Vaughn. Maybe they both have to play at least, what, 12, 13 games or else it's.
3: Oh, I I cannot wait for this because I have been like, this is one of those that like I have. Like last year for me, it was like the Chris Godwin, where I was super high on Chris Godwin, and there was all the people that were like trashing people that love Chris Godwin and everything, and thought that he was going way too high. And I couldn't wait till the end of the year. Like this is one of those takes that I cannot wait till the end of the year to see how it plays out. So whenever I'm right on Keyshawn Vaughn, I can just snap my nuts right on the table and be like
0: go fuck yourselves. No, <laughs> no that might it be a little bit It feels good when you're right on those because yeah. like they're they're. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn. People are, are saying he's going way too high in drafts. You have the top five running backs, and he should be going in the, the second or you know. And I, I've been I've, I've been saying that he's a guy that I've gotten in probably three or four leagues. Like I think he's going to be good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not an anti-Keyshawn Vaughn guy at all.
3: Well, I've heard some like weird takes on him too. Like people saying like he's not big enough to be a lead back. Like what? Like he's almost two hundred. What he's almost two hundred twenty pounds. Like, what do you mean
0: he's not big enough to be a leader? I didn't watch him rush in the SEC against SEC defenses. Apparently,
3: yeah. Lazy takes.
2: Hopefully, one day I'll be I'll be right about something that that must be uh, (laughs) be, your yes. For my moment, it it sounds it sounds fun. Um, My last take here before we wrap this up and move on to our double digit darlings. I don't even know how how hot or how bold this is like uh, I don't know you you guys will have to tell me maybe I'll have to come up with another one kind of on the spot but uh John Brown is going to outscore Stefan Diggs this year in uh in Buffalo is that is that bold is
0: that hot or is it like yeah I think that's that's pretty high that's a seven or eight out of ten that's that's Okay. I, mean, I mean, you're assuming they're both healthy, right? Like, this is an offense that doesn't pass a lot. It's going to take a lot for the wide receiver two to jump I'm, the wide receiver one.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm actually interested to hear why yeah. you believe this, because uh, I think it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. But not ridiculous. That's not fair. That's not – see, I, I'm getting too aggressive tonight. I'm too aggressive. Don't um, hold that's, back. Just tell them. Yeah.
0: Just tell them what it is. It's wild. Well, I don't, I don't, Stay in that rocket okay.
3: chair, Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Stefan, like, if they're, they're kind of similar players, right? They're both deep threats, but, like, like Stefan Diggs is, like, one of the best, if not the best deep threat, uh, uh, deep ball receivers in the league. And, I mean, what else does John Brown do? And now the alpha is here. And so I just, I just I would have a hard time believing that John Brown is going to be able to beat out Stefan Diggs, barring they both Brown, stay healthy.
2: I think John Brown is a, is a better fit for Josh Allen. As good as Stefan Diggs is, he's wh- – like, what? Like whenever – I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think of him as – I think he can win deep. I don't necessarily consider him a deep threat. I consider him a – Stefan
3: Diggs? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you could take this however you want it. You could take it with a grain of salt if you'd like because of the source. But he was PFF's number one graded deep ball receiver last year, Stefan Diggs. Yeah.
2: He, yeah, he, his like, you know, like I said, he can he can win deep, but I don't I don't consider him like a like like a, a, a strictly a deep threat receiver. He's a
0: tactician for sure. No, like, he, he's, he's certainly somebody that can do it
3: all. Like yes, like he's not just a, a one trick pony. That, I, mean, I
2: think last year his his a dot was like fifteen or something, but the the years leading up to that it was like 8, 10, 11. So like, yeah. yep and josh allen is not accurate that's not gonna you, you we want to talk about quarterbacks that might not be good in the nfl but are good for fantasy put josh allen in that fucking column that's that's the column that he falls into hashtag analysis. watch yes. out
3: though you watch out though. there's some people like evan silva has him as like a mvp candidate this year like there's people that love some josh allen love him have him as a top five quarterback love josh allen this year yeah fantasy wise fine like i i can i don't see it i have him as i have him as 15 so i like i'm not in that camp right like I, I and i may be i may be too too uh too that's probably too low considering his rushing ability and everything else that he brings to the table but anyways i digress
2: yeah just I, it doesn't matter how much of a tactician that stefan Diggs is like i think in terms of targets i don't see Diggs having a, a massive amount more of targets than john brown does I, mean, I think they're going to be somewhat similar. And just with with what we know Josh Allen is as a passer, his his whole thing is he can throw the ball over them, their heels. And I, I think John Brown is going to fit that better. Do I think that in terms of talent that John Brown is better? Absolutely not. Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers in the game, bar none, all around in terms of he can win at every level, tactician, separation, all, all that shit.
0: Strong tweet game.
2: Dude, he, he, has, he also has one of the best sports moments probably in NFL history I'm as doubt. well. I'm so, doubt. dude, love me some Stefan Diggs. None of that shit's going to matter with, with Josh Allen throwing him the ball. So, like I said, I, I think their targets are going to be fairly similar. The receptions might go more towards Stefan Diggs. But I think the the yards and possibly even the touchdowns are going to be on John Brown's side. So I'm going to say that John Brown outscores Stefan Diggs, and John Brown is good too. Like if you want to if you want to watch somebody who's just like fun to watch as a receiver when healthy, John Brown is one of those guys. I mean, he had. Was seventy some catches over a thousand yards last year? Six six touchdowns. It's still going to be a, a low volume offense. I'm not exactly sure where all these targets are going to come from because I don't believe that they have a lot of vacated targets on that offense. So I think that those two kind of just, uh, you know, are going to be fighting for the the same amount. Um, like I, I think Cole Beasley's still going to be involved. I don't think he completely goes away. But I just think John Brown is the better fit for this offense. And that's uh, what I have to say uh, about that.
3: I hard 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 disagree. Hard disagree. But
0: and we are all dumber for having that. We all agreed would not be nuts on the table if we all you agreed.
3: have you get no points. <laughs> All right, so for like the thirty seventh time over the past two months, let's talk about some late round flyers, right? Let's talk about some late round darlings, if you will. How about we do that? I'm
2: okay. Done.
3: Yeah, we've 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 done this. We've done this uh, a, bunch a time, of or, two. Ways. A so time a, or two. A, yes. a time we or two. Yes. We have we have diced it up. We've sliced it. We've we've sh- we've shredded it. We've all uh, every way you can. But we're doing it again because this is we're for the people, and people love the late round flyers.
0: Yeah, man, you guys have definitely hit on them with your rankings. And so um, some of these I don't want to go too far in depth because you guys have just been preaching to the people on some of these guys. And and I think that's what makes this pot so good is that you guys are just literally shoving names. Here's our thoughts, shoving names. And so uh, first one I'll hit on is just quickly is Duke Johnson. I know we talked about him a little bit earlier, but uh, David Johnson doesn't have a great track record of being uh, healthy. Duke Johnson balled out last year, 820 total yards as a backup and five touchdowns i mean just imagine if if he gets any starting time so if that's your floor as a backup you have the potential to start some games in a deshaun watson led offense i am all in he's going at adp 125 in the best ball tens next guy paris campbell uh, adp of 171 this guy's just crazy low like insane low. like michael pittman is i don't know like just 40 or picks above him. I don't even know what it is exactly, but he's just flying up and and, and I get it. Like he's in the new hotness. Paris Campbell was a a no show last year. He pulled a Ronald Jones. So everyone's leaving him for dead. Kev hasn't pitched off the the edge of the earth. He's gone. Um, But He had every injury known to man last year. I think uh, obviously Phillip rivers had an amazing slot guy in Keenan Allen, but he is known for his deep, deep, deep balls to Mike Williams. And he's known for just hitting that slot. So I think Paris Campbell is going to be that slot guy for him. Um, just a just a good late round guy to throw on your teams. That can be a good PPR asset. Um, next is Blake Jarwin. <clears throat> we were talking about uh, top twelve uh, tight ends. Blake Jarwin, I think, is a lock for top twelve, and I actually wouldn't be afraid to say that he's going to be top ten or top eight. Uh, Jason Witten, thirty-seven year old Jason Witten was tight end twelve last year. Um, this is a more athletic Jason Witten. This is a guy that's, that that uh, runs deeper routes, has a, has a better A dot um he's going to get 80 ish targets jason witten had 80 targets last year jarwin had like 40 uh so even not not combining all those targets just just giving him the 80 uh, witten got he he is going to finish above tight end 12 and he's going um adp is 150 i think tight end he's going like tight end 17 or something like that so he is a just a massive steal for me uh jared goff adp of 143 so this is everyone saw with with bobby woods that you know he only had two touchdowns a lot of that was jared goff just not getting in the end zone with his passing touchdowns he had a 3.7 td rate league average like 4.5 percent that, that's going to positively regress uh, he's going to get back up there so let's say he had that four four 4.5 percentage of td rate last year he would have jumped from quarterback 13 to quarterback nine last year he's going as quarterback 18 so i mean if he does his poorly as he did last year he'll still finish five spots better and if he gets an average touchdown rate he's going to double where he's going so that's insanity for me and then russell gage you, get, you guys hit on russell gage last time nothing else i can say there's so many targets on offense he's wide receiver three gonna get just targeted after ridley julio hurst um, and some todd Gurley. but they throw 600 plus times he's going to get at least 75 targets and then if there's any injuries bump him up for more he's literally free absolutely free you, to, you get paid money when you draft him
3: I don't think people realize how well he played last year especially down the stretch because he was i mean he wasn't like a, a you know a monster thing but he was certainly serviceable down that last part of the season last what was it, five or six game of the season last year and I don't think people really realize that uh, how much opportunity he got and so um, I actually think there's a possibility that he will i I don't even know if... It, I wouldn't say it's a possibility. I think it's it's somewhat likely that I think he could actually um, out-target Hayden Hurst. You have some hesitant Because it's tough with Hayden Hurst, right? Because while well, I like the upside and I think the tar- some of the targets can be there, but I also think that we are somewhat getting caught up as well and just, just automatically giving him all of the receptions, all the yards that Austin Hooper had last year, which if you go back a few years before that, that really wasn't happening um, with, with Austin Hooper. Right? This was kind of like... Even Osweiler's year before that was solid, right? But like, I think I think it could be a little dangerous for us to just automatically hand Hayden Hurst that role, and like he's just gonna automatically step in and be a top five tight end. So, but I think that's what that's that's what's happened with him. That's why we continue to see him rise up. So I do think there's an opportunity here for Russell Gage, and like you said, he's absolutely free. So I think he is one of the most, if not he might be the most undervalued guy right now that's going um, that you can get because nobody's touching him.
2: I'll jump in here for uh, for for my double-digit darlings. I uh, liked a lot of those calls, Robbie. There, uh, there are a lot of guys that, that we've talked about. And Paris Campbell, also a, a very nice dynasty buy, if I do say so myself. Um, the first guy I'm going to touch on here, Jalen Rager, wide receiver one in dynasty, going to be the wide receiver one in terms of, of rookie performance in, in 2020 for your redraft leagues as well. He's going late, and I, I that's not one that I necessarily understand either. There's a lot of talk about a, a bounce-back year for Carson Wentz. And who's outside of the tight ends? Who, who else is going to give Carson Wentz the, the production to get him up into the, to the top five quarterback range? It, like I, Miles Sanders, we love him. He's going to be involved, but you're not going to run that. Like he's not, he's not going to be a, a Christian McCaffrey – saquon barkley to where he's gonna return you you know high-end wide receiver two kind of production uh jaylen rager is also he's like i said he's just going he's going way undervalued i love him this year um some of the i briefly touched on earlier eric ebron uh with an adp of 164 and all this is according to uh best ball ad best ball 10s adp since the uh since the beginning of the month um Again that the, the late tight end strategy is certainly viable if you're gonna pass on on the, the top three top four because after that, you can kind of poke holes in a bunch of those guys. Um, again, it's just a it's a question of what do you feel super confident in with the Steelers? you have Juju, I know a lot of people are high on Deontay Johnson. I can't fully buy into that yet. James Washington, Chase Claypool. I mean, maybe Chase Claypool beats out Eric Ebron for that tight end role because that's where he should be playing anyway. But if they put Claypool on the outside, let him be that, you know, that, I guess that Plaxico Burris kind of just big body X receiver and just let him, you know, just, Hey, you, you go line up on the outside and just, and just run down the field and, and open things up for Juju outside of that. I, I I think we could see Eric Ebron with a eight to ten kind of touchdown year, and if he gets that, I mean that almost that basically puts him as a lock for a tight end one season. Like regardless of how many catches and yards he has, so uh, he's someone that I'm super interested as 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 far as a as a late round tight end goes. Uh, the guy that I was touching on earlier when Kev brought up uh, Minshew as is, is one of his uh, nuts on the table takes. LaVisca, Chenault. Again, you look around. With, with these late guys, I'm I'm looking for upside and finding a a path to relevancy, right? So you take a look around the Jags' receiver room. It's DJ Chark, and and then and then what? Like Keelan
3: Cole, you watch your mouth. Oh
2: my god! I, there it is. There it is, Robbie. If if you want to if you want to jump in on this one,
0: uh, Kev, is Keelan Cole going to make? The Jags roster after August is he going to be on the team?
3: Why would he not? So, so okay, let's 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 break this down. So, <laughs> I mean, it's about to go an hour
0: and a half, by the way.
3: <laughs> it's, it's clearly it's clearly DJ uh, it's clearly Chark, right? And then it's D.D. D- Westbrook, right? Who's the number three? Is it Chris Conley? Probably, but it's definitely Keelan Cole. All right, Keelan Cole is. We need to let that man cook, right? He came out of nowhere. They need to let him go. Let's send him somewhere else. Keelan Cook, or Keelan Cook, Keelan Cole can cook, right? Like He is a much better wide receiver than what you guys are giving him credit for. Like I think he is somebody that that is going to go to a second roster, go to a second team, and explode. I I am a Keelan Cole fan.
0: You almost hope he gets cut, because when he goes to a roster that's not as full, I think he has a better chance, but He's wide receiver five right now on that team. And so I, I think that you just hit it right there. If he gets cut, I like him a lot more.
2: LaVisca Chenault is gonna do what Kev only dreams of Keelan Cole doing. Uh, the last guy I'm gonna throw out here, someone else who's absolutely free, Edo Smith. Again, was it was that's that's not a not a not a situation that Worked out great last year, right? Like, I, I don't think Ito Smith is a, is a special talent by any means, but I think he's better than fucking Quadre Olson and Brian Hill. And if I, I don't think that Todd Gurley is cooked, but I'm also definitely not going to be putting any bets down as far as him staying healthy for 13, 14 games. So if he goes down for any period of time, he has an ADP of Ito you know, Smith, this is has an ADP of 237. Again, completely free. You're shooting for upside with these late round guys, um, and Ido Smith was definitely the running back that the Falcons preferred. He was the first man up whenever uh, Freeman went down. He got hurt himself, and that's why we saw some of those other guys being involved. Um, they they always. I don't think. I, I don't know. Maybe if they brought someone in as a as a UDFA or anything, but outside of. Outside of Gurley, obviously, I don't think they added too much of that depth chart either. So I think if Gurley goes down, Edo Smith is gonna get the uh gonna get the first crack. And with everything that we've laid out with the Falcons offense so far through the several pods this offseason through the pod today, uh Edo Smith could be stepping into a into a really nice situation if Gurley were to miss any uh any time whatsoever.
0: Yeah, man. Uh love love some of those takes I think the, the first one you hit on with Jalen Rager is, is becoming more fruitful by the day right with the Deshaun Jackson uh stuff that came out yesterday I believe it was uh Marquise Goodwin jumping in and saying a little bit here like who knows if anything even happens with that but um, I mean like you said like it's it's Alshon who's, who's going to start the year on the pup and then d is up in the air now so where's Rager fitting in there you know, probably a starting wide receiver come week one. So definitely love that take.
3: How how much longer are we going to be chasing uh, a Pittsburgh Steeler tight end? Like, you could go back quite a ways, totally. right? Remember Ladarius? Does anybody remember Ladarius Green? Green does, anybody, does anybody
2: remember that? The, the hype been...
3: of Ladarius Green. I mean, I remember that year because uh, it was him. And then who went to uh, – oh, man. who And then who was the dude that went to the Saints? Um that same year, it was, oh my God, why is this gonna bother me? Who was the? There was the other tight end that signed same time. There was a lot of hype on for, from the Saints. He signed with the Saints, and he signed. Yeah,
0: with. I know you're talking about. It starts with a C. Um, I'll find it. Colby, uh, Colby's. I'll think. Fleener, Flaner.
3: Fleener, Is That Kobe who it was Colby Fleener. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. But anyways, but it was Darius Green. So much hype, so much hype on the Darius Green whenever he signed. Didn't work out. And then it was who next? Vance McDonald. Uh oh, here comes Vance. Vance is going to be the savior. What happened? Nothing, nothing. And now we're excited about Eric Ebron. Who I think knows? We're excited. Dude, is. ADP is like one sixty four. As far as
2: a as far as a late round tight end, you. Can I'm talking about you. Point. You're trying
3: to get the people hyped on another on another Steelers. Okay, let them. Let let, let if, if you're rest... to talk
2: about Keelan Cole, I can talk about fucking Eric Ebron.
3: <laughs> no, you can't. Okay, them the rules. All right. Ugh. He should have broken out, he should have broken out a long time ago. If he hasn't by now. Anyways, if you want to talk about a stealer that's going to break out, let's talk about Anthony McFarlane that you fail to get on board with. Anthony McFarlane is the real deal. He's the truth. Okay. James Conner is made of Charmin toilet paper. Can never, yes, there you go. Take away your, your, your screen because you're not allowed to talk anymore. Um, Anthony McFarlane, I think that at the very least has a role in this offense. At, at the very least is the pass catching back, but I think he's much more than that. I know people have tried to say that he can't be a pass catching back or a three down back. He's not big enough, okay? He's not big enough. Like, I get that. This is It's ridiculous, okay? He is certainly big enough. He's just as big as some of these other running backs, like Aaron Jones type running back. I think he can handle a workload of 15, 18 touches per game. So. Once James Conner goes down, which is inevitable that he will, then I think Anthony McFarland is a dynamic. Uh, he actually, uh, of all running backs last year, had the most yards created per Graham Barfield. Um, so there's a lot to like with the the profile of Anthony McFarlane. I think that he certainly would be the running back. To own. There's people that like Benny Snell. I don't know what's wrong with those people. And then some of the other guys are like Sterling Shepard, right? Like I think Sterling Shepard's kind of the forgotten man here. Now there, you know, there is obviously Evan Ingram. If he can stay healthy, Darius Slayton, who I like. But I mean, if you look at Sterling Shepard last year, he was 25th in fantasy points per game. Um, he averaged eight and a half targets per game, nearly 60 receiving yards. He had six or three t- three touchdowns. But I mean, yes, he had the concussion issue. But I mean, if he can stay healthy, there's a lot to like with, with Sterling Shepard. He's going like the 12th, 13th round. So I think that's a little bit too late. Like, he's somebody that I feel like they could probably go where Darius Slayton is going, to be honest with you. But. I like Sterling Shepard as kind of that late round kind of security blanket. Uh, I think Josh Reynolds is somebody that, that, that we're kind of all sleeping on. If you really like Jared Goff, which I think this Ram offense t- kind of bounces back this year and comes much more closer to the Rams offense we saw a couple of years ago, I don't think this defense is going to be very good uh, despite having, you know, Jalen Ramsey and. Um, Aaron Donald that, you know, on that side of the football, but I don't think this defense as a whole is going to be very good at all. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. And so I think we've seen it before. They can support three wide receivers in on this team. And so I think Josh Reynolds is kind of that late round flyer that people should be taking a look at now that they've traded away Brandon Cooks because who else is there? He's certainly going to get plenty of opportunity. And I, I know people have kind of forgotten about him last, you know, because he hasn't really ever taken off. But I think Josh Reynolds is kind of an interesting name to kind of monitor, uh, maybe take a shot on late in drafts. Um, and then the other one for me would be John U. Smith. I've already talked about it. dude's going to be a, he's a lock to be a top five tight end. People should already have him ranked a top five tight I don't know why he's not yet. Um, I think, I, I think there's a possibility he outscores AJ Brown. To be honest with you, I think he, he could end up outscoring A.J. Brown this year. I know a lot of people love A.J. Brown. I'm not nearly as high on A.J. Brown as other people are. Um, I think A.J. Brown's good, but... I don't know. I, I think I think he regresses a little bit. I don't think he's nearly as efficient as he was last year, but Jonu Smith is an absolute monster. I think, and We saw last year, they even lined him up as a running back last year, but the dude's an athletic freak. I think that he gets somewhere in the range of probably 100, 110 targets this year in this offense. I think this offense throws a lot more than what they want to. I know this is a team that wants to be a run-first offense, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think this defense is another defense that's not very good, and I think we're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, which is probably not a very good idea either, but I think that's the situation we're heading towards. So I like I like Johnny Smith as a late round tight end,
0: and that's all I got. Whew. Hell yeah, Kev! Gonna finish that out. A little Sterling pretty, Shepherd, pretty sure that, was a all right. that was that was good. I liked the Sterling Shepherd man. That that guy when he's out there, which again we talk about half these guys they can stay healthy, but that guy's out there. He's he's the wide receiver to own. I know Slayton had some some great deep catches and. That's something that's going to regress, but yeah, certainly Shepard I think is the wide receiver own, if healthy.
2: We might as well just get a uh, get like a drop at the beginning of all the shows. Like disclaimer: all the takes you're about to hear are if healthy, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Just so we don't have to keep saying it. Well, dudes, that was uh, that was fun. That was good, Robbie. You have uh, you have any last parting parting shots? Anything you want to get off your chest while? While, while you're here, anything else you want to, you want to go at Kev for any, any other bets you want to place the, the, the floor is yours, sir.
0: No guys, uh, really appreciate you guys bringing me in. This was, this was a good little, uh, little trio here. Um, good topic, good, uh, good back and forth. Um, like I said before, you guys are, are kind of unique in that it's not just uh, Oh, I like this guy. Yeah. I like him too. Next guy. Um, I like kind of the back and forth, uh, you guys, uh, do a good job with that. So, Happy to jump in, uh, talk a little bit of uh, late guys and some some nuts on the table, which is is always a pleasure. So, like like we said earlier, kind of kind of keep those selective, take your shots uh, with care. So um, get a get a board, write them on the cell phone, whatever, because um, I'd love to revisit this uh, in 365 days for sure.
3: Let's do that. Let's do that. Yes, I, I definitely agree. We need to reel them in. And um, I, I could be wrong here, but I think our host, Cody, did, did, did he ask you or, or promote anything that's where you're at or, or anything like that besides just throwing out your Twitter name? Because that's what you do with a guest. you be like, hey, why don't you tell us all the stuff you're doing? What site do you work for? Whatever. Where can people find your work? No, Cody just went right through it. Like Actually, like- I did not.
2: I did not. So if you if you're gonna if you're gonna come and swing at me, you better pay attention to the beginning of it. Because I did say over at Dynasty Happy Hour.
3: I don't remember hearing that. I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, because you don't pay
2: attention to me. You don't listen to me anymore.
0: (laughs) Sounds sounds
3: like an angry wife or something like that. Like (laughs) you're never home. You never pay attention when you are home, you're out there playing with your video games or watching your foosball. Like you don't ever pay attention to me anymore.
0: (laughs) Your foosball, for sure.
3: Every time I look over, you're just looking at the Fantasy Authority
2: YouTube channel. I don't I don't you don't you don't even pay I feel like we're so close and we're so far
0: away. Uh but yeah you guys can find me at Dynasty Happy Hour, do some ranking over there. Uh understand kind of your guys' uh you know thankfulness of being done with ranking because once you're finished with that bear, it's like okay, I don't want to touch these for three months. But sadly news is is ever changing. Um, so do a little bit of that and then just dove into projections. Like I said earlier, I, I started doing that this year. Um, talked to a couple of guys in the industry, you know, John Bauer has been a lot of help, um, kind of getting me going, Jordan Richards. So, um, that's a project I hope to finish up here in July, have all the teams done and then kind of tweak as I go. But, um, it's, it's really eye opening stuff. You kind of putting numbers down and seeing where they actually fall. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm uh, working on.
2: Are you going to be putting those projections out anywhere?
0: And uh, As Kev said, these are these are mine. These are for me. They're right here. Uh, now I'll I'll throw them out for whoever wants to uh, read and ridicule uh, whatever might happen. But uh, yeah, I think uh, probably just you know a couple of tweets with some some screenshots here and there. Nothing nothing too fancy. But um, it's it's been a fun process. So whether they're they're accurate or not, it, it'll be fun to kind of see uh, how they end up after twenty twenty. Yeah, for sure. Well,
3: God bless you for putting on all that time. Okay. Yeah. God bless you. Because Ain't nobody got time for that. You know? Like it's, it's enough of task to try to put together rankings and do all that stuff. So can I get your opinion on a dynasty startup trade? Yes you can, Ooh. Travis. Let yes you can. Hey. Hit us hit us
2: with it. In the in the meantime, uh but yeah, man, the, um, we, we had a uh, speaking of the 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 tfa youtube channel we had a we had a comment on our henry rugs video uh someone jumped in and said for a sports page uh, you guys just really talk out of your ass so Bobby, <laughs> good, good for you for for putting all that work into projections me and kev just go into the the fantasy pros thing we click some names around and then we make uh we make what eight six six pods out of it
0: <laughs> yep
2: so good, guys are just good for you, you. doing here. the work me, me if, and kev are just out here just blindly clicking on shit and we're like oh if
3: i if i if I, have, if I have learned anything though from that henry Ruggs video is which i should have already have known this from being a cheese fan is that if you say anything negative about a raider uh, any raider it doesn't matter who it is you will get the wrath of god come brought down upon you for, for doing something like that because that video that one video has gotten a lot of views but we've gotten like 11 um thumbs down on that one because people are just so upset with the fact that we are not as we weren't at the time as high on henry ruggs and we did it before the raiders even draft him like that's the funny part like i think we did that show in like february with um jesse reeves and we were talking about him and they did not appreciate
2: yeah that one uh he he started off as a as a divisive prospect and that uh that youtube video and all the cut co- like because I, I think, like you said, I think it's been like thirteen thumbs up and like eleven down, and like the the comments have been the same, like people being like, yep, not touching them, and then like the very next one is you guys are fucking idiots, he's a baller. what are you talking about and then it'll go back to like yeah like i'm not I'm not touching him so that that one's been uh that one's been really fun every time I see the the notification on the on the YouTube channel and something coming in for the the rugs video but uh, Travis Thompson is kicking it with us in the YouTube chat. Uh his startup question in a in a dynasty startup, his trade was uh give the 104 and the 1009 receive 210, 503, 703, and a 2021 third round rookie pick. And this is for a 12-team superflex tight end premium league. Um Dude, I, I really struggle with moving around in startups. I, I really do I've if, if there's anything I've learned from the from the trade offers I've sent out in in startups, um, the response has never been good for for me personally. Uh, just looking at this, I'll give my quick thoughts and I'll let you jump in Robbie. Um, man dropping from the 104 down to the 210. And a super like the the super flex obviously is gonna push some talent down but going from the 104 to the 210 just seems like a that that feels like a, a big drop obviously that's nice picking up the the 503 the 703 which is gonna go which is gonna go undervalued uh, the 2021 third doesn't really do anything for me in this particular trade um, I, man that's 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 a little further than I would feel comfortable dropping back Um Robbie, what do, you, what do you think? Do you have any any thoughts on
0: this? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty vague until you put names to that, and, and that's, that's what always happens. And I think that's how you win in a lot of these trades. So I definitely um, advocate to people that when you are in startups that you try these things because when they're a bunch of picks and, and whatnot and you throw in four of them, it's, it's just super confusing and people don't take the time to actually like, okay, what is this actually? Like the 104, you're talking about one of these top four guys. Um, CMC's probably gone. Mahomes is probably gone. But you're talking about Barkley, Lamar, Zeke, Camara. So you're talking about a top four, di- four dynasty asset. Um, so that's pretty good, right? But then you go down to like the 20 range, which is roughly where the 210 is. Um, and now you're talking Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, CEH, Josh Jacobs. And then you pop down to the 503. That's roughly around the 50, 51. So then you're talking about Calvin Ridley, Court, Sutton. So you, you talk about a Sutton and CEH for Lamar. And that's where I start to kind of piece those together. Would you do, you know, Cortland Sutton and, and uh, who else I said, Miles Sanders or whoever for Lamar. And, and, and that's, that's kind of, I don't know, like I'm just pulling people, people's names out. So it's not exactly that you might like certain players better. So you can't always just do straight that player, but I try and kind of put different players together. I'd say you should try and get more like the 104 is a top, like once you get past like the, what, those top four guys, there's a little maybe six guys. There's a teardrop. and then then you have the rest of the first and early second. and Then there's another teardrop. So like even though the 104 looks so close to the 210, it's like probably two or three tiers in my opinion difference um, in a dynasty startup. So I would, it's probably close to fair, but I'd try and get more.
2: Yeah, the the, the name thing is a, is a is a good point to make too. Once you once you start putting in names instead of just the picks, that can comp- and it, like. If, if someone you know for whatever reason falls all the way to 210 like this could look like a, a brilliant mm-hmm. trade at, at the end of it um but like like i said just looking at it on the surface the, like superflex is definitely going to help depending on what the tight end premium is and depending on the people that you are drafting with they might take that tight end premium and go too far with it like i'm i'm kind of on the side of john bosch here as yep. far as tight end premium goes like it's it's gonna make the valuable guys more valuable. Like it doesn't really do too. Like depending on what the premium is, it's not going to do too much to vault, you know, and Eric Ebron up into like you know. What I mean that for me, that's not going to bump his ADP up. And in terms of where I want to draft him anyway, um, but if you know if you're if you're if you're with uh, some guys who are a little newer to Dynasty, see that tight end premium and think it's going to make a huge difference. It's just going to make those top three, four guys be more valuable. And then that like the gap in between them is still going to be just as big. Um, So like for, for me, like I said, I think that's just a, a little further than what I would feel comfortable. But then that also goes into another point of, it also depends on what your goal is in this startup. If your goal is just to like continue picking up more assets and to pick up more, you know, rookie picks for the next couple of years, by all means trade out, but it's still in that case, I, I I would want to, I think I'd want to pick up a couple high Like if maybe if that 2021 third was a, was a, like, if that was a second, Robbie, would that, would that make you change your mind? It, you know, any, any further?
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of like the quarters, uh, four quarters to a dollar mindset. Like maybe just get rid of the 2021 third, get rid of the 703. Uh, maybe you have to do something with the 503, but just asking for a 2021 first, and the second and give him back the first and your your ninth or something like that and then i mean it obviously depends on your strategy and i think that was a great point so if you're like you know what i'll move down i won't get the super stud i'll kind of build depth here get it get a 210 um, which you know there's gonna be a couple of teardrops, but then pick up a 2021 first who who can turn into you know uh, a good rookie later down the road so um, I think there's a lot of ways you can do this, but I, I I definitely try and avoid getting the four quarters back for you trading the dollar. Like, cause three of those guys won't pan out and then you'll just have 25 cents for your dollar. And, and so I definitely try and get back a highly coveted asset, which are first future first are always highly coveted and they gain value. The longer the season goes right when you hit playoffs and then the season's over that just shoots up in value um so get that cheap while you can now because it's so far on the distance, people are devaluing that. They'll probably trade you first a lot easier than they would. Um and then yeah, try and uh, keep keep high up in, in these startups because the lower you get, um there, there's just multiple, multiple tier drops that you won't see in rookie drafts later. So um because you 'cause you're obviously drafting with the entire league.
2: Then the other thing to note here as far as you know, whatever your goal is for your for your draft, also your starting requirements if it's just like a, a start five or six, you want the studs. If you're, in, you know, starting like 11 or something like that, that trade would look a lot better to me. You know I mean? If you were in like a, in a deep league in a deep flex league, something yeah. like that, deep benches, that would make more sense because the, those picks are going to become more valuable in terms of your, your starting roster. So that was a, that was a good question. Travis, really appreciate you jumping in and asking that um, you boys have, Kev, you've been, you've been kind of sitting there quiet. I, you know, just just sitting there, just ro- rocking rocking the night away. You have uh, you have anything you want to want to end here with? Okay, if uh, if
3: no, uh, just uh, no. Uh, appreciate Robbie coming on. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll uh, have to have you on again sometime. Uh, thank you, Travis, for the question. Really appreciate that. Uh, if you ever have any questions, uh, hit. <laughs> oh <laughs> i saw a comic <laughs> I was like, oh what is it what is it i you know i want to you now i'm a man of the people here all right so but no i got nothing else just uh like, like i like i said oh we do have some shirts that we got coming out we're gonna be doing some shirts here soon uh finalizing the deal if you will of uh of what they're gonna look like and everything else so we'll, we'll put out some details on that here in the next week
2: yeah, we'll we'll definitely do some some giveaways with that. So be sure to, to keep your eyes peeled across all of our all the social media platforms. With that in mind, slam that subscribe button, crush that like. I'm not Robbie. You know, he kind of you know called me out for this right before the show with with always saying the the like and subscribe thing. So I'm gonna I'm going a different route. Slam the button, crush the button do all that just just don't you know you're not just going to hit the like and subscribe it smash it crushed it
3: yeah if you're interested in winning, winning championships do that smash that son of a bitch because we're winning it it championships cheers you know, boys Woo, let's go. go and with that uh thank you guys for joining us and be sure
2: to <laughs> be sure to drop in and uh, check us out in the future and we'll see you guys later we hope you enjoyed your stay